You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. I know the angels rejoiced, as we did, as those people gave their hearts to Jesus. And we pray if there's anyone here in this service right now that has never put their faith in Jesus, that during the altar call today, they will make him the Lord of their life. Father, if anyone is facing a financial mountain, a hurdle physically, maybe they're sick, maybe they have a tumor, maybe they've been told, given something negative by the doctor, that today would be the day that they're blessed and they're healed. Father, if anybody's lonely, depressed, oppressed, feeling like they want to give up or feeling like life has passed them by, Father, I pray this word would quicken their spirit to realize that a breakthrough is right ahead of them. Renew their faith. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, uh, I was talking to my son this week. He said, Dad, let's have a Bible study together. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we just got together. We were just talking. And uh, we were just talking. about, You know, he's a millennial, you know, so thinking about a lot of stuff and but, of course, my son says to me, Dad, what's your dream? And I said, you know what? I'm glad you asked me that because I really haven't thought about it in a little while. And, you know, somebody years ago at a sushi restaurant downtown New York City asked me that same question. And within a year, Grace Church was started. So I, 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 I'm talking to him. I'm like, you know what? It's like life and situations and obstacles can sometimes stop you from dreaming. Like you can forget that there's so many things that God wants to do in your life, you know, so many amazing things, and you just, you just get worn down. And I realized, you know, that that question was for me. Like I thought we were getting together for him, but actually we were getting together for me. I needed to start to dream again. I needed to start believe for things again. I needed to dare to dream again. And I would encourage you. The only thing I ask God that, that would happen to you after this short message is that you would dream again. That you would dare to dream again. Because God has put a dream into your heart. He's put a vision into your mind and he wants to bring it to pass. And many of us are like this man in Luke chapter 18, verse 35. It says, then it happened as Jesus was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So he told them that Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth was walking by. I like to do this every once in a while. I like to get a visual going. Now, I wasn't the casting director for this, so I don't know who's coming up here. I like to ad-lib this stuff. It's more fun. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Um, so who's the blind man? Okay, here's the blind man. All right, can, can you see? If you can see, you're not a blind man. <laughs> blind man sit right here. So it says... 
that there was, <laughs> you can sit up here. I forgot, he's a blind man. I, I actually have to help him. <laughs> like you tell a blind man, hey, run around in church three times. Okay. So it happened as Jesus was coming near Jericho. So Jesus is on his way to Jericho. Uh, and you know, how many of you have ever gone through Jericho? The real Jericho. It's on the way from the Dead Sea to Jerusalem. The Dead Sea is just about one of the lowest points on earth, and Jerusalem is, is a real high place. And when you go up to Jerusalem, you go through Jericho. We've taken that, we've taken that ride. By the way, in October, we are leading a trip to Israel. Who wants to go? Anybody want to go? All right. Start saving your money. Start saving your money. But we're going to Israel. Uh, the last time we went, our leader was this 70-year-old Jewish guy. His name was Sion, that's T-S-I-O-N, Ben David. He came right out of an Indiana Jones movie, this guy. He was taking us through tunnels and all these places where no one else was going. We had just, we had the time of our lives there. And uh, I said, you got to give me your card because one day I'm bringing the people at our church to Israel. So in the first service, about 12 people said they want to come. I just saw about 12. I, I, we're, we're believing for 40 people. Amen? At least? At least? And we're going to go to Israel and we're going to have the time of our lives. Listen, we're going to be there. It's going to be fun. But let me tell you something great about Israel. The food is amazing. It is like the freshest, most delicious food on earth. I'm not kidding. Their agriculture is absolutely amazing. That's number one. Number two, don't be scared. Everybody's got a machine gun. It's fine. It's very safe. But it really is. It's one of the safest places on earth. It is. And we're going to go to Mount Carmel and see where, uh, you know, Elijah fought the... Pro we're going to go, we're going to overlook and see Syria. We're going to go to the Valley of Armageddon. That is really cool. We're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. You're going to see the tomb of Jesus, the real tomb, and the skull of Golgotha. It literally is a skull cut out in the rock. We're going to go on the Sea of Galilee on a boat. And then I'm going to walk on the water back to shore. I remember, I remember when we went and I was like, Leash, what do you think? No way! <laughs> to think, when you're in that boat, to think of how he had to step out of that boat and walk on the water, it's absolutely amazing. The Sea of Galilee is a sight to see. You could see everything. And then you, you go to Capernaum and you go to all these different places. It's absolutely. And then finally you end up on the Mount of Olives. And from the Mount of Olives you could see the Temple Mount. You see the Eastern Gate. You go to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus made the decision to go to the cross. And when you get in there, you're just like, wow. This is the place. And I remember getting on my face and praying in that garden and just thinking about what my Savior did for me. There's something about being, and one of my favorite places to go is the Pool of Siloam, where the blind man washed his face. So this is all a sales pitch I'm giving you. No, <laughs> it's not to make money, of course, obviously. 
It costs a decent amount of money, but I encourage you, there's no vacation like going to the Holy Hand, Holy Land. Nothing can replace that for me. No Caribbean island, no matter how many times we go, compares. It, it's wonderful. So save up your money. Anyway, so we went through Jericho, and what happened at Jericho? Walls came tumbling down. It's amazing. This blind guy's just sitting there. His situation, he can't see, and he sits by the road begging. This road is literally to one of the most amazing cities of ancient Israel, like a place where strongholds were broken, a place where people got into an agreement and a whole city fell, a breakthrough like never before. And many people are sitting by the road when their breakthrough is right down the road. Many people are so close and they don't even realize it. Many of us are so close and we don't even realize it. So he's, his situation is he can't see. He's sitting there. He's blind. Basically, when you're blind, you're just flailing away at life. And many people in the kingdom of God, not just non-believers, but believers, are just flailing away and making no progress when their breakthrough is right down the road. They're just letting life go by. Every day he just comes there, and life just goes by, and life just goes by. And many people are living that life. Not the life that they're called to, the life that's going by. Amen? Can I get a hand up here? You're stuck in a place, just flailing away, trying this and trying that. I remember being there, just trying everything. And you know, it's not, a, at least you're trying. But you know what? Right down the road is a breakthrough. So here's this situation. It's not a great situation. How many of you are in a situation right now, and it's not so great? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. You're in a situation right now, and it's not so great. But here's the good news. He still could hear. He still could hear. Even though he had lost his vision. And in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, and you know, this scripture, we sometimes misuse it, you know, that a church needs to have a vision statement or a person needs to write down a vision. Where there is no vision means there's no prophetic word from God in a general sense. But many times we get to a place where we're stuck and we're not hearing from God. Amen? Did you ever get to that place where you're just not hearing from God and life is just passing you by and it's just like, it's quiet, you know, and you're just going through the motions. You know what that leads to? Perish. My people perish or they cast off restraint. And you can look at it like perishing, which means your life is passing you by. Did you ever feel like that? Like your life is just passing you by and you're living maybe, did you ever feel like you're living somebody else's life? It's not the life that you thought you were going to live. I'm here to tell you the breakthrough is right down the street. I'm here to tell you it's not too late. Where there is no vision, it says the people perish, which in the Hebrew means cast off restraint. It, it means when you can't see and you don't have any vision and, and you don't have a dream as to where you're going, you're just flailing away. And then you, all restraint is gone. You're not walking with God. You're walking with the world because you're letting the world decide who you are instead of letting Jesus decide who you are. And you just flail. 
and you flail. But like I said, the good news is that blind man still had one really good sense, his ears. His ears. It says that he heard a multitude coming by. He heard a multitude coming by. And I'm here to tell you today, maybe you've lost your vision, maybe you've lost your way, but you can still hear. You can still hear what I'm saying to you today. You can still hear the word of God. And one word can change your destiny today. One word, if you hear it. Jesus said, he who has spiritual ears to hear, let him hear what I'm saying. You know, this morning, four ladies came into this congregation, never heard from God before. But through the word that they heard, they started to hear. And when I said, say this prayer and believe it, they had heard from God. They said the prayer of salvation, got up out of their seats, crying, walking to the front here, and their lives were changed forever. Their destiny was changed forever. Forever. If God can call the dead to life, he can pay your bills. If God can bring the sinner to salvation, he can find you a spouse. Let me get an amen. amen. Come on now. He can do this. He can do this. If he can bring a sinner to the saving knowledge of Jesus, if he can bring a drug addict to be a pastor, there's nothing that he can't do in your life. One word. One word. One word. One word, one word that you hear. I love it. This blind guy can't see, but you know what? When you can't see, you hear better. And when you can't hear, you see better. Amen? So he had limitations. How many of you know you got limitations? Listen, the devil tries to, well, he does. He reminds me of my limitations all the time. Well, you didn't finish school. And you didn't go to seminary. And who the heck you think you are? You are uh, bah, 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 bah. But you know what? He never says to me, you don't have a big mouth. Because I do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So he can say all that stuff. And yeah, it's true. But guess what? I got a big mouth. So shut up. You know what? When the devil reminds you of your past, I used to love this t-shirt. Remind him of his future. Amen. When the devil reminds you of, his, of your past, remind him of his future and remind yourself of your future. Yeah. Amen? Like a fire, like a fire, like a fire. Walking on gold, walking on gold, walking on gold. Like a fire, like a fire, like a fire. <laughs> remind him of his past and remind your, I mean, remind, oh, forget it. I'm done now. <laughs> you know what I mean. Amen? I still got a blind guy here. But this blind guy, he was blind, but he heard. And you know what? When he heard the multitude, they told him who was coming. See, your job is to tell people who Jesus is. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This blind dude, he heard about Jesus before. Because when the first blind guy got healed, the word got out. 
So all the blind people are like, where's Jesus? I can't see him, but I hope he comes my way. And some people brought their blind friends to Jesus. Amen? And your job is to bring people to Jesus. Because he's the one that has the answer. But when he asked, what, what is that noise? What does that mean? What does this thing mean? People are going to ask you in your life, what, what does it mean? What, what, what do you mean Jesus died on the cross? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I was thinking today about, uh, I, it was, I, I had, at that point, I owned two houses. Uh, I was a landlord renting them out. I was refurbishing uh, these two houses, and one of my contractors, I had just met him. He gave me a really good price to do my whole house. Um, and I told him to come to my house. He came there, and I met him that day. He was a pale guy. He was a Russian guy, so he was somewhat pale. Like, you know, he didn't, he was just a pale kind of guy, you know. But when I got there, the dude looked whiter than white. I was like, Attila, it was his, I said, what's going on? He says, I just came from the doctor yesterday, and they told me I got three months to live. I'm a young pastor, you know what I'm saying? I believe, you know what? I could pray for healing. I'm better praying for you to have a baby, though. I'm really good at that. I just ask Monique and Kenneth that. Like, when I pray, you get two, three, four, five. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> there was, we were at this baby shower. I don't want too many people to know I was at a baby shower, but I was at a baby shower. First one, probably last one. But anyway, one of the young girls from our church was there, and and everybody was saying, she should have another baby. She should have another baby. So I went to pray for her, and she moved away. She said, don't you touch me. <laughs> so when it comes to that thing, I got no problem. It's like, babies, it's happening. Trust me. Trust. <laughs> I don't care how young you are. I don't care. <laughs> Jamie just moved. I love it. <laughs> That's the only way I can get you to move. <laughs> anyway, because you know what? When you can believe something and take hold of something, you will have it. And when it comes to finances, I can pray for that too. I believe in multiplication. I believe in blessing like that. That's easy for me. But when it comes to healing in the body, that's not necessarily my dominant gift. I'm okay. Is that okay? Is that all right, everybody? I'll still pray for you. So immediately I said to him, you need to come to my church. You need to meet my wife. Because I've seen her pray for people and seen them be healed. And the people that were at the church, there was a bunch of them, they all believed in healing. That was their dominant gift. Everybody has a dominant, you know, with your faith, it's just like it just snaps in, you know. Some people, like if they hear that somebody can't walk or they have a tumor or something, they go right to it. You know what I'm saying? So I brought him to the people that I knew would go right to it and could believe for him. Listen, I don't have to pray for everybody. And I don't, I, I'm not perfect, you know? And you know, sometimes you pray for people and what you pray for doesn't happen. But you know what? I'll always pray. And we should always pray. So I brought him to my wife and everybody, uh, the other people there that had this anointing for healing, I felt. And we put enough oil on this dude, man, you could have fried eggs and bacon on his head. <laughs> We were, we were like, he was getting an oil change every week. And do you know, he's still alive. But 
Hey, look. And there's been, there's been other healings, of course, right? But you know, when the word gets out, people go. You know, and listen, we don't have to send them to Brownsville, okay? The Jesus healer, the anointing for healing is right here and right now. It's not at some place. It's in you. It has arrived. Amen? So this guy heard about Jesus, and now Jesus is literally here. And some people are here, you're here at church, maybe it's your first time in a church. You heard about Jesus. Or your friend, you see a change in their life. You're like, what's, what's going on? What's happening there? Amen? How many of you, that's how you came to Jesus? Somebody else, something was going on in somebody else's life? Me? I don't know. Oh, so all of you just came on your own. You just... If somebody else led you to Jesus, raise your hand. Hopefully it's all of you. <laughs> Or most of you. You know, you, you saw something going on in someone else's life. You heard, hey, maybe, maybe the answer is Jesus. And then your opportunity came. See, the reason you have to dare to dream is because you never know when Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. You got to be dreaming then. So where's my Jesus? Who's my Jesus? Oh, Lord. How many are you going to wear? Two? Jesus only had one, okay? He's going to have two? Oh, he's a maximizer Jesus, okay. Well, it would be that Joey Adebay would be Jesus. You look more like a Jesus than Todd did. Todd didn't look like Jesus. You look a little more like Jesus. All right, where's... Where's the crowd? Where's the crowd? Uh, uh, look, everybody, look who's home. Praveen is home. <laughs> Praveen was in India for a little while, and he, he lost someone close to him, but he's back home. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, is a mighty young single man of God, ladies, just, just, just throwing it out there. Uh, and you know, there were, there were Eastern Asian people following Jesus, you know, the, 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 the wise men came and a couple of them stayed, you know what I'm saying? So, who are you people? Oh, more beautiful single women. Oh, oh, and, the, and we have two beautiful single, well, we have one, well, this is my daughter here, she ain't single. <laughs> well, all right, we have two beautiful single women here. Yeah. You come talk to me first, you get any ideas. That's how we do it in my house. You come, you kiss the finger, then you, you ask first. You hear me? You ask first. That's how we do it. <laughs> kiss the ring. Okay, so Jesus, now Jesus, understand, you got to have a Jesus walk. Jesus didn't walk like, hey, what's up, man? Jesus, you have to, like, slide like this. <laughs> so the pe to the people in the back, it should look like you're on a conveyor belt. You think you could do that? Do your best. So Jesus and the crowd came walking by. There you go. 
Does it look like he's gliding? Does it look? Okay. Now, wait a minute. What's Jesus' mother doing here? <laughs> Which brings me to a joke. How do we know that Jesus was Jewish? He worked in the family business. He lived home till he was 30, and his mother thought he was God. <laughs> anyway. So they're walking by, right? And what happens? The blind man cries out, Jesus, Jesus. Have, mercy on me. have mercy on me. And what happens? Jesus' mother says, shut up. <laughs> they all said, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. All right, all right that's enough. <laughs> she just, she wants, she, she wants you to look at her. Don't look at her, look at me. See, I told you. <laughs> Listen, I want to quickly point out to you that he had obstacles. The first obstacle was that he can't see. And unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see what God's doing unless you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. So quit talking to God if you've never got saved. Say, God, save me. Show me the kingdom. See, it's not just like, oh, God, 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 God. No, no, no. Be born again by the power of the Spirit, and then you'll see things that you've never seen before. Amen? Amen. So he had that one obstacle that he couldn't see, but he heard the word. He heard that Jesus was going by, and he took this opportunity, like those four ladies did this morning. This is my opportunity to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I said this morning, I said, if you died tonight, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? Because if you're not, you need to make a decision right now. This is your opportunity. Not next week, not next month, not tomorrow, not tonight before you go to bed. Right now is your opportunity, and they took the opportunity. And this man cried out. And the amazing thing, not only did the multitude get in his way, let me tell you something, people will get in the way of your dreaming. People will get in the way of what God has called you to do. And let me tell you something. If people get in the way, it's most likely God. Because anything great that God has called you to do is going to be opposition. Early on in the church, the worse it got with people, the more I pressed on. And I would say, even if it was my own wife, tell them, honey. No. <laughs> Even if she came against me, you know what? If God calls you to do something, you got to do it. Because really, it's just between you and him. Amen? But people will get in your way. Not only will people, how many of you have people in your way right now in your job, friends that you thought were friends? How many of you, family, come on, family? You know? How many of you, you know, when you first got saved, your friends didn't just line up and get saved with you? And, you know, it took some of them. It took, how about your spouse? It took them a while to get in here, too. Somebody raise your hand. <laughs> He's here. Amen. It only took him, like, took him like a week or two. This lady that was here the first service, you know, she goes, you know, I said, how are you doing? She said, oh, I'm doing good, but I just want my husband to be here. I said, let's pray for him right now. Give me his phone number. <laughs> I said, 
Hey, sometimes these men, we got to call them. Yo, what's up? Where you been? Whatever we got to do to bring them to Jesus, because many times we're the ones turning people away from Jesus. Be quiet. Don't worship like that. Don't pray so loud. Don't fall down. Don't stand up. Don't wear that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Christians, let's get out of the way for a second. Let's just get out of the way. Can we just get out of the way for a second? When I went to church, if anybody knew what I was doing at the time that I was going to church, they would have tossed me out of there. I was doing drugs and going to church. I was going to clubs all night and then going to a church. Listen, they would have tossed me out of there. But you know what? I have to say that that church that I was in, when they found out that I was doing all that stuff, they didn't say, stop doing it or you're bad or anything like that. They said, God loves you. Let's read Psalm 51. And that's what they did. They gave me grace. They took me down from being the youth leader, which was a smart move. <laughs> Said that whole eldership thing, we're going to put that on hold. Right, Pastor John? You were there. That whole elder thing, we're going to put that on hold. But good. They helped save my life. They gave me love first. And then said, what do you think? And I was, I was like, of course you're right. You know? I mean, if somebody shows you love and then gives you the opportunity to say, look, you're just going to step down for a little while. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. That makes total sense. I didn't get offended. They were 100% right. Stop getting offended. Stop letting offense get in the way of the dreams that God has put in your heart. So many people do that. It's just ridiculous. I've been thinking about it because I've been pastoring for 16 years and I've never, almost never, maybe one or 2% of the time did I not have an altar call of salvation. The first service we ever had at our church, 10 people got saved. The last few weeks, that was 16 years ago, and the last, you know, then three weeks later, we only have five people in the church, so tell me how that works. So, but every week, people were getting saved, and they still are now. Now it's eight, 10 people a week. Amen? Most churches would do anything. They would draw blood to have that. It's wonderful. It's great. And we're doing a fantastic job, Grace Church. We, we're doing it. It's not my church. Don't call it my church. I'll smack you. Okay? It's our church. God is, we're building it with him. But where are the over 2,000 people that got saved in Grace Church? Where are they? I figured out the numbers. Actually, it might be more than 3,000. Where are those people? Right now, we have five or 600 maybe that come in and out. Where are those people? I'll tell you, we're 90, 20% of them moved or something. 80% of them got offended somehow. And how many of you here, by a show of hands, got offended in a church? Oh, I, I want some real honesty here, okay? How many of you got offended in a church? Some of you are here because you got offended in another church. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Oh, there's a lot of laughing going on because it's true. I got news for you. You're going to get offended here too. But you know what? 
Don't let that get in the way. I would have never got past home. I would have never left the batter's box if a fence kept me from doing what my dream is. I've learned that, you know what? I got to do what I'm called to do. I can't change people. I can't make them like me as much as I try. Some people just aren't going to like you. Some people are just going to tell you to shut up. Some people are just going to say you're not qualified. I had a guy who before I started this church, I was doing revival meetings with him. People were getting saved. And then when I said, God's calling me to do a work, he was like, no, you can't do that. I go, look what's happening. I feel like this is what I'm called to do. And I love this brother. He's still a good friend of mine. But don't you understand? Even the people closest to Jesus can shut you down. Church leaders will shut you down. Church pastors will shut you down. If I shut you down, I'm sorry. We're not perfect. Amen? But our job is to tell you that you can dream again because Jesus is here. Amen? Amen. So what happens in the next scripture? It says, it says that, uh, come on, put that up. Go, go, go. <laughs> All right, you were quick there. <laughs> so they said, shh, 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 shh. There were obstacles. There was a situation. <laughs> you got her telling you, shh, she's going to stop telling you. There, were, there was a situation. There were obstacles. Here's the solution. Don't let, don't let people get in your way. Cry out all the more. Jesus, have mercy on me. There you go. Jesus, have mercy on me. See, I can cry out. I got a voice. There you go. Son of David. <laughs> cry out all the more. And here's what happened. Jesus stood still. I can't get over that. He's sliding and gliding to Jerusalem. And a blind guy that everybody's telling to shut up Screams louder, and he stops Jesus. Jesus, okay? He stops Jesus in his tracks. I, I... Some of us need to be crying out a little more. So I'm studying this and going through this on Wednesday. And I'm believing for a bigger sanctuary because I want 20 people getting saved every week. So I figure over five years, if 20,000 get saved, then maybe we could have 10,000 in the church. You know, the other offended people, of course, will go to another church and get offended there and go to another church. And then they'll come back. Okay, it might work. All right. <laughs> Crying out all the more. And here's the amazing thing. We don't hear about the crowd no more. Okay, all you single people, go sit down. You keep that up, you're going to be single. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? 
Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Carry me, Jesus. Well, you know what? When she does get mad at me, you know what I do? I say, Jesus, <laughs> help me. Because no matter what Jesus does, he gets grace. Yeah, don't, don't smile, smirk. What's up with that? He can do whatever he wants. I say one wrong thing. Dinner comes. I get a little tiny piece of hamburger with a... He's got a, a filet mignon on his plate. Something ain't right here. I don't, I'll never understand that. Maybe you ladies can tell me how that works. The sun, the sun, the sun. So then Jesus, and, and listen, this is the important thing right now. When you cry out to Jesus, really cry out, it'll only be you and him. You know, in the end, when we die, all those people won't be around when we're talking to Jesus. Right. It's going to be one-on-one, -on -one, mano y mano. And that's the way it needs to be right now. Amen. And he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Of course, we see the guy's blind. Of course, Jesus knows the most important thing for him is to see. But of course, he wants the man to express you know, youth, I like you, youth. I do. I don't want to see any more petitions, but I like you, youth. <laughs> you know, you did like this guy did. You made it plain. This is what we want. Yes. You didn't say, I want a, we want a ping pong maybe or a pool or a dartboard. You said, ping pong petition. I like how you use those three Ps together. <laughs> but you made it plain. This is what you want. And that's what Jesus is looking for from us. Yeah. 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 What is it that you want? I mean, I'll talk to people, and they'll be throwing up this smoke screen. <laughs> like, you know, the smoke's going up. I'm like, that's not what you really want. Just say what you really want. Yeah. It's okay. Verbalize it. Because if you can't speak it, it can't be manifested. you got to be able to say it. And he wants you to say it because he wants to talk to you. <laughs> you know, on Wednesday, <laughs> I forget, I guess, well, Jesus and I had a talk in the, the other day. And <laughs> Jesus said to me, you know, what do you want? And I was just like, you know, I'm really frustrated about this building next door. Like, are we ever getting this building? I need to find a place for the junior high. Jeez. Are they going to destroy this place? <laughs> I'm down to one pulpit. <laughs> the youth, they only break one TV a year. The junior high, man. Gosh. What are they doing with these kids? Every week we come in with the projectors. I think they're swinging on the projectors. I don't know what they're doing. No, seriously, we want a place for the teens. We want a place for them. And that building over there next door would be awesome. We could also have a nice area where we could all go hang out at the church, drink coffee, and hang out. Because we're a bunch of people. Everybody here likes to hang out, right? You all like to hang out? Come on. Like, you never go home. You, you stay out and just talk and hang out. So we have some plans, you know, and I'm just getting so tired of it. 
And on Wednesday, after we had that talk, I was just like, I was like, God, please, I'm real, I just can't take this anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just crying out. That's how I cry out to God. Is that okay with you? All right, how I cry? Like, I do a Jewish-Italian cry out, like, hey, God, what the heck is going on already? I can't take this anymore. I know, you go like this. Oh, I'm so sad, Jesus. Please, please, oh, please help me. Oh, Lord, Lord of the mighty God of hosts. Me, I'm just like mad. I'm like, God, please, I can't take this. You know what? I got an email from the guy on Friday, that, oh, the owner of the place. I didn't tell any of the leaders yet, you know, because it just happened. Like, I've been trying to contact this guy, and he says again, send me a contract. Like, I've heard this before, you know. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. No matter how it works out, I'm okay, because I cried out to God. Because I cried out, I shared my heart, I got it out. Many of you are holding on to stuff, and the longer you hold up on that stuff, it's going to kill you. You got to let go of unforgiveness, you got to let go of offense, you got to let go of... Some of you are offended with God, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. I feel better. You know why I said, you take care of these crazy people. And I love them. <laughs> I'm praying for these people, but I need God to help me. I need God. So he said, what do you want? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And what happened? He received, he said, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. <laughs> and then he... Followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. You followed Jesus. I ain't following. Followed Jesus. <laughs> and he took his cloak with him. <laughs> but see, it's important not just to see. It's important to follow Jesus afterwards. For those four ladies that gave their heart to the Lord, and whoever gives their heart to the Lord during this service, I pray that you don't just see and leave. I pray that you see and follow. Amen? Amen. I pray that you see and follow. I want to share one more scripture with you as we close out this service. It's from Mark chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. And um, I want to share with you a quick story. As you know, I used to be on Wall Street. And you know, I lost everything a few times, especially if you've read my book, you know that. Um, it was 1990, when was he born? 93. So it was right after, right after he was born, you know? I was so happy. I had three girls, and finally, I had the boy. I was like, yeah! And you know what you find out later? Your daughters are even closer to you than your son. Right? Not this son. Well, this son is Jesus, so it's a different story. No, but a like... Your daughters just become so special to you, you know? You want to shoot anybody that looks at them. It's so cool. And uh, <laughs> you want them to get married, but then when they bring somebody home, you don't want them to get married. It's the strangest thing. Would you get married already? You ain't married him. It's the craziest thing. But um, <laughs> so after, you know, I had my son, and then I was trading in the pit. It was Pretty sure it was April 25th of 1994. There was an OPEC meeting coming up on Friday. And oil was trading at $15. Yeah. 
Remember what gas used to be? Oh my God, it was less than a dollar. So oil's trading at $15. I think oil's gonna go up. I go into the pit that morning. I make all these trades. Next thing you know, OPEC agrees to increase production. The market drops like a dollar in my face. I'm immediately down $50,000. By the end of that day, I was down a hundred and <laughs> there's some people here that know this story. They were there. They were in my life where I was going to church. She just smiled at me because she remembers this. Um, at first, I lost $100,000 of somebody else's money. It was actually my pastor. <laughs> my ex-pastor, yeah. <laughs> no. No, I hadn't made him money before that, but just something happened in the market. You know, this happens, you know? So instead of us continuing, he was out of the country. He had them liquidate the rest of my trade. And whenever you hear somebody's liquidating your position, that's not a good thing. So the 100000 loss went to be 170000 I lost my job. We just had our fourth child. I had to come home and tell her again. But this time, not only did I lose my job, I lost everything else that we have. And by the way, we owe somebody $170,000, and he's our pastor. Just the kind of news you want to come home with, right? <laughs> her mother and the rest of her friends and family all told her to divorce me. Remember? I could have been a single dad with four kids. Single, lonely, miserable dad. So we're me. Are, are we okay now? Are we even? Are you all right? Now, under legally, I did not have to pay a dime of that back. But I signed a paper before God. I said, I'm going to pay every dollar of this back. And, and after I signed a couple days later, I'm like, why the heck did I sign that thing? <laughs> but I, I was just doing the right thing. That was 1994. For nine years, that was over my head. It was over my head. For a year or so, they were telling her to divorce me. She didn't do it. Smart move. You're the smartest person I know. No, you know what she said? She said, honey, God didn't take us this far to drop us on our head. We're going to make it through this. That was the most difficult nine or ten years of my life, I want to tell you. I'm going to church knowing that I owe this man of God, who I respect, this money. Every extra dollar I had, I gave to him every month. But I remember at one point just saying, God, I cannot do this anymore. You know why? First of all, we had two more kids. So now we got six kids. I owe out all that money. I'm not making enough money. What am I going to do? She's keeping her faith. I just said, God, I can't do this anymore. And I heard this back to, good. Trust me with this. So I just went upon my merry way and did what I'm supposed to do. And in 2003, I realized I had enough equity in my house. 
I refinanced my house to the hilt, and I paid him back every dollar. Plus, plus, whatever situation you find yourself in, there will be obstacles. But believe that you're going to take hold of the answer. And eventually, you will have it. You will have it. The day I paid that money back, I was just now maxed out in the mortgage in my house. Five years later, I was retired and financially free. Figure it out. Whatever you believe, or whatever you pray, believe that you receive it, and you will have it. See, listen to me. Listen. That blind man woke up that Sunday morning, I'll say it was Sunday, flailing at life in a situation. But then he heard something. He heard something. Did you hear anything today? Let's bow our eyes closed, bow our heads, close our eyes just for a second. I want to make sure that everyone here that can hear the sound of my voice has put their faith and trust in Jesus. I'm praying for you. I'm praying if you haven't that today's your day. The day where everything changes. Many of us here have taken this road before and we're so blessed. You may have said this prayer before, but maybe you didn't mean it. Or you didn't know what it means. I'm going to ask you a question right now. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? Because if the immediate answer isn't yes, say this prayer with me. Jesus said the words of the Bible... The Holy Spirit-inspired words of the Bible are spirit and they are life. When you see these words, you reach God who is spirit. And then it becomes Zoe life for you, which means the abundant life that you're called to live on this earth. So please say this prayer with me. With your eyes closed, your head bowed for a moment. Because there might be someone here that's never said it before, never meant it before, and this would be their day. Say, Father, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know that Jesus is your son. I died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I could have a new life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me brand new today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed for a second. If you said that prayer, and you meant it, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand where you are right now. Raise your hand high. Come on. Who else? All right, who else? All right. All right. Everybody that's got their hands raised, stand to where you are. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come on, stand up. All right, look. Now look, before you do anything, before we do anything, before we do anything, I want everybody to listen to me for a second before we do anything now. 
And I want everybody to look around to see who's standing. I want you to see something. The blind man sitting there. Jesus is walking by. The people closest to Jesus are telling the blind man to show up. The blind man cries out for Jesus. Do you know what Jesus did? He stopped and he told the same people that were keeping the man away from him to bring the man to him. Nobody here is keeping you from Jesus. Let's bring them up to the front right now. Let's bring them up to the front. Come on. Nobody's keeping you from Jesus. Come on. Bring them up. Come on. Come up right here. Come up right here. 